0: Welcome to the Keto Lifestyle Podcast hosted by nutritional coach, Jessica Tai, where we are dedicated to promoting health and overall well-being through nutrition, specifically the ketogenic diet. We will provide you with all the latest science in nutrition, interviews with experts in the health and wellness field, and answer all your burning questions so you can find optimal health. This podcast is not intended to be used as medical advice and is to be used for informational purposes only. Please contact your doctor with any and all medical questions. Now here's Jessica.
1: Hello everybody. So I guess we are on the 12th episode of Keto Lifestyle Podcast. And I'm going to say hello to the Keto Nation out there because I'm pretty excited. We are um, being listened to all over this nation and Canada and other countries around the world It's pretty exciting. We have like a whole nation going on now.
0: Yeah, I guess it's keto world here. We've got uh, <laughs> Australia, UK, Canada. I've been uh, looking at some of these. It's pretty pretty fun to see how people's lives are being impacted all over the world.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad I have you to look into that stuff because that's not my thing. I just get on here and just uh, you know talk and. This is what I enjoy doing, and you're like the spreadsheet guy and the numbers guy, and you like to follow all that, and I'm glad we can have that kind of bounce back
0: well you had your biggest week ever this week and uh, i'm not going to give any numbers because that would be kind of crazy but wait until next episode i got a pretty big announcement if i'm on this show if you let me back again <laughs> i'll get, I'll give you some a pretty cool stat that uh is going to happen this week you know?
1: cool i don't even have any idea what you're talking about so this will be a surprise to all of us so
0: i guess listen to next yeah week.
1: i'm kind of excited now
0: so how'd your week go i know mine was pretty nice
1: oh my well since our weeks are the same week like we are married, we do share share the same life. It has been a crazy week. It's been pretty nuts. So first, I want to I want to just I'm gonna expose myself a little bit Uh-oh. for yeah. <laughs> audience, right? It's not that kind of podcast. I'm gonna expose my um my my what is my shortcomings to my listeners a little bit here. So um, this kind of goes out to all you mamas out there that are maybe a little like um, overworked and overstressed and just whatever. Um, So I have five kiddos. Uh, We have five kiddos, I guess I should say. And uh, I've talked about that before. But so this year um, we have, the five kids are in five different school buildings. So it's a little bit crazy. Um, last year we had five kids in four school buildings, but now we've got five in five school buildings. So at the beginning of the year, I said um, to several people, that girlfriends and and Derek, I said it to you, and family and stuff, when we would be talking about stuff, and I would say, man, if I get all of these kids out to the bus stops, and on the correct buses, you know, every day, it's going to be amazing because it's so crazy. So I don't know about everybody else's school, but our school does a stagger start. So the high school starts on one day and then like the junior high and the intermediate school starts on another day. And then the kindergartners don't start on the same day as all the other uh Elementary kids and then half the kindergarten class starts on one day and then the other half starts on another day And then the next day they don't go and then the following day They all go at the same time and then the preschoolers all start staggered and and the You know some of the preschoolers go on this day And then the other half goes on the other day and then they all go on the following Monday. It's crazy, right? I mean like I can't even describe you like trying to keep that straight was insane So I was feeling pretty good about myself. And I was like, man, this is awesome. I got through the first week. Everybody got on the buses they were supposed to get on. Not one kid ended up at the wrong school. Like, we are golden. Because at that point, it's all up to me because the bus drivers don't know the kids yet. And they don't know, uh, you know, who's supposed to be getting on their bus. So whoever I throw on their bus, they're going to take to school. And God forbid I send the wrong kid to the wrong school. So... Felt pretty good about it. I'm into the second week. Everything's going great, and I put my uh, all the kids on the bus, and my preschooler is the last one to get on the bus. She gets on, and um, I come into the house, and I actually started doing my schooling, uh, my schoolwork. I'm, I'm I have mentioned before that I am taking classes for my nutritional therapy practitioner. Um, license so I am doing my school work for that and working real hard and I get a phone call and I see it's one of the schools and I'm like oh man you know I hope nobody's sick you know what's going on so I answer it and it is my preschoolers teacher and she <laughs> says to me Jessica um, Lily arrived at school today but they we don't have preschool for the kids Only the teachers are in school today, and the buses were just doing a dry run um, to stay on track on schedule with the busing schedule, but they weren't actually supposed to pick any of the kids up. So I guess not only did I not realize that, but the bus driver didn't realize that. Oops. Yeah, oops. And so he took her to school, and I guess when he pulled into the parking lot of the school, one of the other bus drivers said to him... Why you got a kid on your bus? <laughs> he said, we didn't pick up any kids today. And so my bus driver was like, oh, really? He's like, we weren't supposed to pick up any kids today? So long story short, they literally put Lily back on the bus and drove her back home. And I was so embarrassed. I mean, mom of the year award here, guys. Like, I literally sent my child to school. And not only any child, okay? This is my preschooler. She has special needs. She's nonverbal. So she can't even talk to anybody to tell them, like, what happened or anything. And she got home, and she was so upset because she loves school. So, I mean, I felt awful.
0: I would let yourself off the hook a little bit, honestly. <laughs> so my claim to fame is people will say, oh, you've got a." To- Fifth grader? I think I have a fifth grader, right? This year? Yes. You okay, so I do grader. have a fifth grader. Yes. Yeah, so people will say, hey you have fifth or, hey, a fifth grader, or hey you've got a eighth grader, or you've got a sophomore. What what teacher do they have? I said, I'm really just proud to know what school building they go to. <laughs> and I know that sounds horrible, but I just kind of lose track of these things.
1: No, I know, it's a lot. So anyway, for all of you parents out there and if it's moms, if it's dads, whoever it is that's listening today, and you, you know, sometimes feel overwhelmed or like you don't get it all straight or you don't get it all together, or you listen to the person that's telling you um all this great advice over a podcast and you just think, wow, they must have everything together. I am here to shine a light on that and just let you all know that at least for this podcaster, I am not even close to having it all together. <laughs> so anyway, so there you go.
0: Well, I can tell you right now, you're not a bad mom. I see <laughs> everything you do every day, including packing the lunches and making home cooked dinners, including the ribs you made tonight, which were fall off the bone and, and
1: oh my body. gosh, you guys, those ribs were amazing. So I made this keto rib recipe in my InstaPot, and if anybody follows me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, you know how much I love my in my new InstaPot. And um, anyway, I have been just cooking up a storm in that thing, and I it makes the absolute most killer bone broth on the planet. Um, So good, so easy to make, so fast. So anyway, um, I will link, uh, I will put on my Facebook page the recipe to the keto ribs that I made tonight in the Instapot. It was so easy, guys. It took 35 minutes in the Instapot. It was super easy. I made my own barbecue sauce to go with them. And um they were amazing and the whole family loved them and they literally were falling off the bone and the marrow in the ribs was coming out of the ribs into the Instapot. It
0: was delish.
1: Yes, it was.
0: Yeah, I was I was like eating some of them without the barbecue sauce because mm-hmm. I just thought the taste was so good. But yeah, I, I did a
1: dry rub on them, they were so good.
0: <clears throat> oh I know. I just had to try a little bit of barbecue sauce in there mm-hmm. too, just so they'd be like normal ribs, but they were good either way. Yes. Well, I guess uh, you know. I guess so, what do
1: you have? What's what was what's your big uh, thing from this weekend or week?
0: I think uh, going to the river property and working on building some trails and cutting uh, cutting a view to the river and uh, getting the weed eater out, lawnmower out, and just yes. doing some old fashioned hard labor. Uh, the problem is we have not had a truck, and mm-hmm. and I've been asking Jesse for the last couple of weeks. I think we should get a truck. We've rented one from U-Haul two different weekends to haul stuff back and forth. And, uh, you know, equipment, furniture, whatever. And then uh, then I had actually scheduled to rent one this weekend. And then they're mm-hmm. like, oh, sorry, we don't have the truck that you were wanting. Well, I was like, this is ridiculous. We should just own our own truck. So,
1: yeah, you know, it was like a God thing, though, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, seriously, guys, Saturday morning, like we had decided Friday that he was going to rent the truck, he put in the request to, um, uh what did you one of those car rental company enterprise yeah. and it's he had said let him you know reserve. reserve the truck and everything he called while we were laying in bed on Saturday morning he called. He must have made. What did you make? Like five or six oh, different yeah. phone calls to different locations. Yeah, we don't have one. You need to call this location. And it's like, how can you reserve a truck that is not available? And
0: only us when we just go out and buy one. And I
1: know. So it. we were just like, <laughs> <laughs> so we we're like, you know what? This is ridiculous. We have been brought, you know, like had our brother-in-law running things around for us because he got has a truck and, my, you know, and then renting trucks and we spent a lot of money renting those trucks to move. Furniture into the rental property well, and stuff.
0: So anyway, so we got to speed things up for yeah. You know, for so your show. we anyway
1: we decided <laughs> so to go. We had uh, actually looked up a couple of trucks, and he had asked me what I would want, and I knew immediately that the only truck that I really wanted to entertain was a Toyota Tundra, and the reason why is um, my dad passed away just a, a just a few short years ago here, and. I remember when the Toyota Tundras came out, and he was so excited. I remember him um, talking about them. He knew they were coming out. You know, they were in, like, the car magazines and stuff, like um, Car and Driver or whatever. And he was like, Jess, I'm going to get me one of these trucks. And he did. He bought it brand new. And so I know that what we ended up getting has, is not my dad's truck. But somehow it makes me feel like I have a connection to him. So we just decided, I decided I wanted a Tundra and this is going to be something that I'm going to drive a little more than, than Derek will be driving. So, um, so we found a Tundra. It was an incredible deal. We had to drive a little bit for it. Yeah. But it's beautiful, it's an incredible deal, and I'm really loving it. It's a nice a four by four, big V8 engine. Six
0: passengers, so yeah. you can take all five kids in this thing.
1: I love it, it's so fun. So like we thought most of them have these captain's chairs in the front, and we thought this one did when we saw it online. But what we didn't realize is that um, you can get them uh, where the the middle seat in the front flips down and makes a center console and then if you really want to put a sixth person in the truck you flip the console up and it turns into a seat so you'll
0: have to to put a picture or two on instagram for your uh, followers out there so anyway i'm loving the truck we've only had
1: it since saturday but i'm really enjoying it i can't
0: wait to serve other people honestly i love like having something that we can you know have a contribution to our friends and family like so if they need something moved or hey I need to borrow a truck for the afternoon I need to move a home or whatever I feel awesome like hey we actually have something we can help other people yeah (laughs) it's it's going to come in handy so it
1: will come in handy
0: so do I have to read this first question out loud for real
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yes. So, what are we going to talk about today, guys? We're going to talk about digestion and kind of gut health and um, kind of everything that goes along with that. So, and basically, these are based on listener questions that I've had um, either through, well, either through listeners, through Instagram, through Facebook, or through my coaching clients. Um, again, I'm trying to whittle down the questions and focus on the ones that I get asked multiple times, maybe in different ways, but yes, you're going to have to read this question.
0: Well, before I read the first question, <laughs> so I, I just want to let all your listeners know that we've had three different recording setups since you've started your first podcast. The first one is we had a professional come in and kind of help us try to set up some equipment that he had brought Then we tried to do Because we knew
1: nothing about Yeah, so
0: that was the first three episodes or so and then about the next three episodes or so or I guess more than that, we did Mm -hmm. we we just all the way up
1: until the last one. then we did
0: then we actually bought the equipment and uh with the professional mixer Yes we're
1: like six or eight. And then the last
0: few we tried a USB microphone that we had here for some other stuff. And then finally, they we were recommended to get the setup that we're on today. which
1: Thanks, Jimmy Moore.
0: Yeah, so Jimmy Moore recommended this uh, Yeti setup. Uh, it's a really nice bi-directional microphone, so we can both talk into the same big professional looking microphone. That's micro-
1: awesome. Yeah. I got my Yeti. So we don't
0: have to hand <laughs> a microphone back and forth, which, you know, I'm sorry I don't get to kind of hold your hand as much. All <laughs> you know, right. So, uh, so anyway, we're not going to be able to record with the Yeti today even though we wanted to. So, just bear with us for this episode as we're continuing to get that Yeti microphone set up.
1: Yeah, we'll get it down. It'll, it'll get better and the recordings will get better and then you guys won't have such a fluctuation in our volume here. Awesome.
0: All right. So, first question. So... You're at the 15-minute mark here, uh, so... Yeah,
1: sorry about the long intro, guys. We usually don't do Put this. that
0: in the show notes if you want to start at 15 yeah, minutes, yikes. I guess. Yeah, it's a so
1: long, yeah. Well,
0: I enjoy talking to you and catching up to you. <laughs> know.
1: Late. We never get to talk.
0: of <laughs> the kids just went to bed.
1: Um, oh, man, right, we so, have to do a podcast to talk. All right, talk. so
0: I've been, I've been actually delaying saying this yeah. question for 15 minutes. Okay, come on, just I a Okay, question from the listener. I am struggling with constipation and can't figure out why can you please help me
1: (laughs) yes yes okay so um, actually this is super common for a lot of people Um, I get this a lot I I get a lot of questions about this through uh, my coaching clients I get a lot of questions uh, through this through social media outlets you know private messages emails and whatnot so there are many reasons for constipation Um, If you're not ketogenic, then probably the most common reason is poor diet. I would say like processed food, packaged foods, which I like to call food-like products, um, and then lack of high-fiber foods, so lack of veggies and fruits, and then too many whole grains. So, people. A lot of people will say, "Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whole grains. Well, they contain fiber, and yes, they do. But they also contain many anti nutrients, and that can feed um, bad gut bacteria that can add to the issue. So, the amount of fiber that you need, um, which I in my personal opinion is about thirty grams a day, but a lot of um, places you'll read about will tell you twenty five grams or so." Um, I think 30 to even 35 grams a day is adequate, but you should focus on getting that from nuts and seeds and veggies um, some fruits like berries you know we've talked about before um, the different fruits that you you know don't want to indulge in too many fruits that are that are the higher sugar fruits so go back and, and go over those lists of the fruits. But berries are really good. Um, Broccoli, Brussels sprouts, cauliflower. So your cruciferous vegetables, easy for me to say. Green beans, almonds are a good nut. Walnuts, macadamias, um, those are all good for getting fiber. So if you're on, excuse me, if you're on, if you are keto, sometimes constipation can actually be magnified when you first start ketogenic diet um, because you aren't digesting your fats and proteins. Properly. Remember, we've talked about how it takes a while for your enzymes to kind of switch over. So, a lot of times you just don't have the enzymatic function that you need to properly digest the fats and proteins, especially if you're coming from a high carbohydrate diet where you really weren't eating a lot of that stuff. Um, so, that it can, uh, going keto in the beginning can actually just kind of make you notice that more basically. Um, So when you go keto and you significantly up those fats, you'll notice the changes in your digestion. This can mean that you need supplements like digestive enzymes. We talked about this, I think, a couple of podcasts ago. And I recommended um, a few different supplements that I take. And I love the Dr. Axe organics enzymes. So um, I take these every single day. I've got them right here in front of me. Um, (laughs) sound effects they're shaking my my axe organics bottle here but um so they so you need all these different um uh, enzymes that will help you break all of these things down like the amylase and man i can't even read some of this stuff on this thing which is pretty funny um but this is also the the, the Dr. Axe one also has a probiotic blend mixed in it with with 850, I think is what it says, million um, CFUs in a serving of these enzymes, which is great. And I in addition to that, I also take probiotics, which we'll talk a little bit more later about. But um, digestive enzymes are great. And it's not something that you necessarily have to take like forever. But especially in when you're kind of switching over and getting your system ready for that, that can that can really help you um, through that kind of transition with that enzymatic process that you need to be able to digest all those things. So, um, in addition, uh, one of the great things, if anybody follows me on Facebook or Instagram, you'll notice that I posted a picture today of some of my favorite favorite fermented foods. So that is another really great thing that you can add that is super important for proper digestive health and specifically can help with constipation. So our systems just don't break down fiber very well in general because we just don't have a very good balance, typically, of good bacteria especially if we're used to being on the standard american diet Um, not only do we probably not have a very good balance but we probably have some bad gut bacteria going on in there and an imbalance there that that makes it even more difficult for us to digest fiber and and any of our nutrients basically Um, but fiber specifically can be very difficult so if we cannot break down the fiber very well then it it sits undigested in our guts. And then, um, that's just not good. So when our, when our gut microbiome is healthy and robust, then the microbes will feed on the fiber and repopulate the good microbes. So, um, eating fermented foods are super important for that and they really help. So unfortunately, many of us just don't have healthy gut flora to begin with. So, um, A lot of times, not just from the standard American diet that we're used to eating or a diet that's really high in carbs and sugar, but, you know, most of us kind of come from this uh, kind of mindset that if something's wrong, you just pop a pill for it. So whether that's you got an ache or a pain, take ibuprofen, you know, if you've got uh, some kind of infection, you better get on antibiotics. If you, uh, you know if you're having heartburn or acid indigestion or whatever, you better take some you know a, a PPI or you know, acid blockers. So often not only is our microbiome not healthy and diverse, but it's actually overrun with all the bad bacteria and yeast and other fungi. And um, like I said, eating fiber in that case, that that's bad because that actually feeds that bad bacteria and that can just make us feel worse. So I first would recommend that if you are dealing with constipation and especially if you're new to the ketogenic diet um, and you are used to eating higher carb, I would start by cutting out sugars and grains, which if you are you know, live in this keto lifestyle, then surely you've already done that. Um, at least cut down the sh- cut out sugar and pretty much cut out grains entirely. Um, you should be down to a pretty uh, minimal amount of carbohydrates. Um, so that should be helping you. Then, in addition, you're going to want to start taking a good quality probiotic. And eating more fermented foods like sauerkraut, pickles, fermented dairy like kefir, um, kimchi, and even potentially if you're um, if if you like kombucha, that's another option. I'm not a huge kombucha fan. Um, kombucha is fermented tea, typically black tea or green tea, um, and it's fermented with sugar. And it um, as it ferments, it turns. Um, Oh, what am I trying to say? Like soda is... Um uh, Carbonated. So, yeah, carbonated. And I don't like things that are carbonated. So uh, so that's a, one reason I'm not a huge fan of kombucha. But the other reason is because of the sugar content. If you make it at home, if you make it yourself, you can look up on the internet. You can watch YouTube videos. It's really fairly easy to make you can control that sugar, but most of them that you can buy in the store are just really, really high in sugar. Um, and they do that to make them uh, taste better, obviously. So uh, that's so I kind of stay away from that a little bit. Um, but probiotics, uh, we talked about, I think I, I brought my notes here from the probiotics show. Okay, so in um, that show, I recommended the Dr. Axe SBO Probiotics, Thorn Floramend Prime Probiotics, Garden of Life Primal Defense, HSO Probiotic Formula, and Prescript Broad Spectrum Probiotic and Prebiotic. So I will link to all of those um, in the show notes. And I had somebody ask me, how do you access the show notes? And I apologize that I just kind of spelled that off like you should know where to go. Um, because if you are not super familiar with podcasts or have never checked show notes before, you would have no idea what I'm talking about, so I apologize for that. Um, but to get to the show notes, if you it depends on where you're following me or where you're listening to these podcasts at, but pretty much anywhere you listen to a podcast, typically if you click on the picture of the podcast, it will open up the show notes. Um, so whether that's in iTunes or if you're listening to it on another podcast app, um, like Stitcher or, um, some of these others, or if you're on like Podbean, I, uh, broadcast, right. I upload all of my podcasts to Podbean and then they go out from there and those, um, you can do the same thing. You click on it in Podbean and it'll open up the notes, um, to, to that, you know, have links. I put links in there to where you can buy all of these things. So anyway, um, getting back on, on track. So, um, a few favorites of the fermented foods that I like to eat a few times a day, and these are the ones that I posted in my picture that went out to uh, iTunes and um, Facebook. My, my number one favorite is called, it's Wild Brine brand, and I, they have several versions that I've seen, but I love the red cabbage and red beet um, mix, and it's a dill flavor. And I just love that one. It's really, really good. It's really mild, um, super good. Another one I really like is called Farmhouse Culture. That's probably my second favorite. It's their garlic dill pickle flavor. Um, Super good as well. And again, they have a couple of different varieties. And then another one, it's actually local here to me in, in Cincinnati, is called Crazy Kraut. And it's crazy with a K. And that is the I like the original dill flavor there, but again, they have two or three different varieties that that I and I get these from Fresh Time. So if you have a Fresh Time market near you, they may sell them. I would assume Whole Foods does as well. So, um, but if you enjoy something a little bit spicier, go for kimchi. So I want to give you a little bit of information on kimchi. So kimchi is from Korea, and it is said that Koreans eat so much kimchi, nearly 40 pounds a year per person, that uh, they, instead of saying cheese when they get their picture taken, they say, kimchi. Is that true? (laughs) That's very true. Isn't that funny? I thought that was a pretty interesting little, so yes, that's true. So anyway, uh, it's a red fermented cabbage or radish, and then they typically add like garlic and salt and vinegar as as most krauts here are made, but then they also add chili peppers or a chili pepper paste to it, so it makes it pretty spicy, and then they add in onions and some other spices. Um, so Koreans eat this pretty much at every single meal. And, um, throughout the day. So, and sometimes they make an entire meal out of kimchi and they'll mix it with like rice or some vegetables, some other, some other non-fermented vegetables or some noodles, something like that. So, um, I know we had an au pair that lived here with us for a couple of years and she was from China and she loved kimchi. Um, she would buy that. And she put it on like everything that she made. Um, she loved that. So, um, okay, so that is, um, so that's good. Okay, so that's great for gut flora. Um, another major reason for stress, and const- or for constipation, rather, I'm sorry, is stress and poor sleep. So um, diet is a huge one we just talked about. Another major one, stress and poor sleep. So your gut is often referred to as your second brain, and that is for good reason, because they are so connected, your gut and your brain. If you have any mental health issues, your digestive system is also suffering. So, and vice versa. So that you know, you those two go hand in hand. And the same is true if you're under a lot of stress. So, in our bodies, we have different nervous systems that work together and send information throughout our bodies and keep all the pathways open and going. It's like our nervous system is like our control center. Um, so we have what we call the automatic nervous system or the autonomic. And that is responsible for getting, so that that basically is your sympathetic and your parasympathetic nervous systems. So um, if you get startled or you have like a knee-jerk reaction, that's your sympathetic nervous system. That's what is called your flight or fight, um, which we've talked about in a previous episode. I've talked a lot about that. Um, and then kind of the opposite of that, is your parasympathetic nervous system. Your parasympathetic is your rest and digest. So we've got sympathetic, flight or flight, and parasympathetic, your rest and digest. So the parasympathetic is what brings blood inward, nutrition inward, helps with your digestion. The parasympathetic, which is what we're talking about, is your repairing and healing, where your sympathetic has always got you on the edge and it's always gathering or drawing on energy. Unfortunately, what's happening is we spend so much time in the sympathetic system that, you know, we're always in like that fight or flight state. And we just spend so little time in the rest and digest. So we, it really throws our gut off and our digestion off. And that is a leading cause of constipation. And I know, you know, a lot of times people think like, that's just like, come on, that's crazy. Like I'm um, eating all this stuff, but you literally, you have to give your body time to rest and digest, or it will not work properly. I don't care if you're eating everything absolutely perfect. And you're like, I should be going like a baby. You're not going to, unless you are giving that parasympathetic system what it needs. So we activate our parasympathetic nervous system by deep breathing, um, d- doing proper chewing and chewing our food long enough um, that stimulates that enteric nervous system, which is the enteric nervous system is what is the nervous system for our digestion. So that's what stimulates that. Um, even using your eyes to view things at a diff- at a distance stimulates your parasympathetic nervous system. So if you're standing and you're like I stand in my kitchen window a lot, and I will just watch. I try to take a few moments a day to just watch out of this huge window. It's like my favorite window in the house. And I will just watch out that window and watch just the birds fluttering through the trees. And then I'll try to like follow a bird as it, you know, goes from one tree to the next or a squirrel as it's jumping through the limbs. And sometimes it's hard to follow them, but it's so good at stimulating that parasympathetic nervous system to use your eyes for long distance seeing like that. So doing those things, it actually stimulates what's called your vagus nerve. And stimulating the vagus nerve affects your stomach, your pancreas, your intestines. So when you're stressed out, when you're like in a stressed out state, it literally shuts down that vagus nerve. So, if you cannot stimulate that vagus nerve, if, if you're like all stressed out and you've got all these, you flight or flight hormones going from your always being having the sympathetic system up and going, um, it just shuts that down. And so, when you, this is where the kind of sleep and and good quality sleep comes in. You need good quality, good quantity of sleep to give your parasympathetic, sympathetic your rest and digest system plenty of time to heal and detox your body um some other reasons that well and real quick let me just add this I don't have this in my notes but you know another big problem that I see and I'm on my kids all the time about this is turning off the screens and all the blue light uh, prior to trying to wind down for the night and get yourself in bed Um, because it keeps that, that sympathetic system stimulated. And then like we just talked about, then your parasympathetic can't kick in and you can't start that process of relaxation. And so you may go to bed at a certain time, but you're not actually getting good quality sleep because you're too stimulated prior to laying down and trying to go to sleep. Um, so other causes for uh, constipation could be low stomach acid. We're going to talk a little bit about that here in a few minutes. Magnesium deficiencies, that is huge. Pretty much everybody is magnesium deficient. It's a chronic issue. Um, it's, it's just a fact. Everybody... I, would be surprised if anybody that I ever meet is not magnesium deficient. So um, it's very important to supplement with magnesium and magnesium will help to stimulate your bowels to work and help your digestive system. It helps the muscles to relax and do what they're supposed to be doing. So um, one of the very best ones that you can take is magnesium glycinate. It's from pure encapsulations Um, another good one is magnesium malate from Jigsaw Health. So again, I will link to those in the show notes as well. And I had mentioned a couple last episode as well that I also like, um, let me find those real quick. Yeah. The chelated magnesium plus from the rear Dan clinic. Um, that's another really good one. So I will, um, link to those in the show notes so if you are not currently supplementing with magnesium you can get started on that especially if you're having issues with constipation that will help another very uh, easy thing to do is drinking plenty of water if you are dehydrated you will be constipated Um, so, and not drinking too much water because then that will lead to low stomach acid. So if you're walking around with like a gallon or two of water every day and trying to down it, like I see sometimes people at the gym, um, that's really probably too much water. Uh, you just, you really do not need that much water. It dilutes your stomach acid content and that is bad. Like you, you don't want to dilute that pH. So that's pretty much it for constipation.
0: Alright, so the next question is, is it possible to cure my heartburn with keto?
1: Yes, yeah, so um, in, when talking about constipation, I just was talking about one of the other reasons that you can be suffering from constipation is um, low stomach acid. And I know this is going to seem extremely counterintuitive, and it probably seems completely opposite of what you've been told by doctors, because I don't think I've met a doctor yet that has properly diagnosed somebody with low stomach acid, even though it's 99% of the time, what's going on. But heartburn is acid reflux, all of that. It's actually caused by low stomach acid, not... Excess stomach acid. So I know, Derek, you dealt with this years ago um, where you had heartburn. And they put you on a PPI, which is a proton proton pump inhibitor, which blocks acid production. And you were on like Pepsid or something, right?
0: Yeah, I think it was Pepsid AC or
1: something. Yeah, that's what I was thinking it was. But anyway, um, so basically what happens is, so the, the thought process is, of course, if you're just thinking about it and you don't actually know like the mechanisms of how this works, you would think, oh, okay, I've got acid reflux. That must mean I have too much stomach acid. It's causing heartburn. It's causing all these issues. So I need to uh, get the stomach acid down. And that's not the, that's not the truth. It's actually very, very common. Um, what happens when you have low stomach acid is the food will sit in your stomach and it ferments. And that causes bloating and gas and acid production to rise up. It causes heartburn, plain acid reflux. Um, this also contributes to constipation because it takes so long for your food to be digested. Um, it just sits in your stomach, basically, before it finally empties and goes through the digestive tract. Um, the other issue with, uh, with this, which I just totally lost my train of thought... Um, <laughs> what I was trying to, what I was going to talk about. So, okay, I'll just move on. I need to stop trying to veer off from my notes because then I get lost. Um, okay, so uh, to fix this, how I work with this, and I do this on myself as well as clients because I actually have low stomach acid production. Like I said, it's very, very common. M- many, many people do. Um, is a supplement called Betaine HCL. So what, what happens is, Um, proton pump inhibitors have been linked to all kinds of things. Um, of course they, they make your, your acid levels go down, but they also can be linked to kidney disease, dementia, heart attacks, overgrowth of bacteria, because that stomach acid is what helps keep that bacteria in line. Um, infections, even esophageal cancer. Uh, they are the number one prescribed medication by doctors in this country. So oftentimes, um, what actually is happening when you have these issues, not only is it because of low stomach acid, but one of the things that can can lead to low stomach acid is an H. pylori infection. It's a very common infection, and most people, unless you get tested, um, you don't know that you even have an H. pylori infection. My son, actually, one uh, one of our, our Children. He's also had numerous other digestive issues, as well as, um, you know, he's had some issues with concentration and some things like that. And, like we just said, your gut is your second brain and they're connected. If you are having mental, any type of mental issues, you're going to have, you're also going to have some kind of dysbiosis in your gut. And he's a perfect example of that. He has all kinds of gut issues and one of them is he has h pylori he has also had heartburn and lots of lots of issues like that Um, so H. pylori is one, another common reason that you would have acid reflux or heartburn is the hiatal hernia, which I know Derek, you had a hiatal hernia and we didn't know that you had that until you had been on these PPIs for quite a long time. And they actually recommend that you're not on a PPI for more than, I think it's six to eight weeks. Most people stay on them for years because once you start them, you pretty much feel like you have to stay on them. And even often they don't, they're not even, they don't even work because they're obviously not fixing the problem, but they will reduce acid production at least enough in the short term that it's really awful for your body if you think about it because you already have low stomach production, you know, acid production, but they'll reduce it enough even that oftentimes you're not getting the, the side effects of the acid. So you think, oh, this is working for me. Um, so not only is, um, so not only is the stomach acid being high 99% of the time, that's not even the case, but so this PPI is supposed to stop the acid production, Well, it stops the production in any proton pump throughout your body. So that means not only the cell in your cells in your stomach, but also the cells that are responsible for cleaning up in products and garbage from metabolism and cell function throughout your body. So when the acid isn't being produced, your body cannot get rid of the toxins. So there becomes a buildup in your cells, which can create serious problems. So some of the problems can lead to bacterial overgrowth, which we just talked about, which that could be things like H. pylori, things like candida. I think most people have heard of candida. I have also battled candida overgrowth in my gut. Um, It reduces your absorption of nutrients, which is a serious problem because many of us don't absorb our nutrients properly anyway. It's a decreased resistance to infection and an increased risk, risk of bone fractures and you think, "Well, that's how in the world is that connected?" Well, if you can't absorb your nutrients, then you can't absorb vitamin D, you can't absorb calcium properly, and we've talked about that in a previous podcast how they are so connected and you if you have low levels of vitamin D, you can't uh, you can't absorb the calcium properly, and so that leads to osteoporosis and osteopenia and all kinds of issues with bone density. So um, betaine, uh, I'm sorry, betaine HCl also can help kill off an H. pylori infection. So that's super important um, just in that aspect. And again, that's often why we end up with these. Um, bacteria overgrowths because our stomach acid is so low and we may be even, you know, trying to plummet it even further and then we're just, you know, it's not keeping anything from growing in there. Um, Vitamin D deficiencies also can lead uh, to the bacterial overgrowth. So when you get your vitamin D levels proper and correct in there, there's 200 antimicrobial peptides that are basically, uh, energized and released and they start fighting these, these bacterias and these infections as well. So it's really good. So when you, so just really quickly to give you, um, an idea of a protocol that you can do for, um, this is the protocol that I give my clients when using betaine HCL. So basically what you want to do is you're going to start off with one taking one betaine hcl i what i have here in front of me again shake shake my other bottle here is i use thorn research betaine hcl and pepsin so you want to start off by taking one one of the caplets when your capsules i should say one of the capsules with your meal and you don't have to take it with um you need to take it with something that, can, that contains some protein, like some meat or something. Um, you don't need, like if you're just eating like a little piece of fruit, you don't even need to worry about taking it. But take it with some protein. Take that betaine, take one pill and eat your food. If there's no burning, no any kind of discomfort or anything in your digestive tract, you don't notice anything different, then the next time you eat, take two again if you don't feel any difference the next time you eat take three you want to keep adding to how many pills you're taking until you get that burn you'll you, it will actually be like a like a, a like a burn in in your belly like you're gonna get kind of um like a warmth almost um, so if you start getting that warmth in your belly then you know that you've hit that so if you take five, pills and you get that burn, then the next time you eat, you only want to take four. And then you know that is the level that you need to be taking with every meal. And you'll do that as long as it takes until when you take those four pills, you start feeling a burn. That may take, it could take weeks, it could take months before the four is enough. So basically what you're doing is you are teaching your body, you're getting it to start the production of the proper levels of acid again. You literally are gonna coax your body to start doing that. But in addition to taking, you can't just take the pills and then think, okay, I'm gonna be great now, everything's gonna work out. You need to work on that parasympathetic nervous system like we just talked about. You need to work on the stress reduction, you need to work on Um, the right amount of sleep and rest so you have to do those things as well you need to work on getting the fermented foods and the probiotics into your diet because these are all the things that are going to help your body to be able to um, to combat all of these things that are going on in your GI tract so um, anyway and then one of the things that um, that you can do if you do if you take let's say you take five pills and you get that burning sensation and it is typically it's not that uncomfortable. It's just a warm sensation in your belly and you realize, okay, wow, yep, that's it. I feel it. But if for some reason you take too many or or it really affects you, you can mix about a half a teaspoon of baking soda and eight ounces of water and drink it. And that will nix the pain right away. So that'll get that out of the way so you can you can do it. So um, there is a doctor that I have read a lot from him, Dr. Stephen Wright, and he has got some really good information on um, stomach acid and protocols. I actually am studying his book in my class for, it's called Why Stomach Acid is Good for You. Um, would recommend that book for, for anyone who is, um, oh this is actually not, this is a di- different MD, I'm sorry. This is Jonathan Wright. Stephen Wright is who I have this information from. Anyway, still why somic acid is good for you. Good book. Um, but it is he says that, um, that it's very common for people to stop short of their needed betaine HCL dosage. Says, in fact, in the beginning, I was nervous about taking six pil- pills at a meal, but trust me, there's nothing to worry about. He reports that it's common that the common betaine HCL dosage range in his clinical practice is between 3,250 and 4,550 milligrams per meal. That means there are also plenty of people who need above 5,000 milligrams for an effective dose. So don't get nervous that you're taking too many pills. I know it can be a a pain in the butt if you have to take a ton, but it's worth it. You, You need to get that acid production Proper. Okay, another way to really help with your um, bacterial infections or um, stomach acid production, because the bacterial infections can be keeping that from happening properly, um, L-glutamine is a great supplement. Um, you can take that to help fix the issues that are caused by these bacterial infections and other gastro issues. Slippery elm is another great supplement to take for digestive health. You can take this in capsule form, or you can drink it as a tea. The capsules, um, I would take 400 to 500 milligrams, three to four times daily for about one to two months. That's typically all that it will take to address an inflammatory issue there in your gut and your bowels, and be able to get that going. So, and then make sure to do that the betaine HCL protocol. Um, another amazing gut healing food is homemade bone broth. So I know, again, if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you know that I am a huge fan of bone broth. I make it myself. You can buy it. There's, there are some organic, um, companies that make some good bone broths, but I don't think there's anything like making it yourself. And if you get yourself a, you can do it in i I've always done it in a crock pot, like a slow cooker, but recently buying that Instapot, I love that thing. And I, it's the best, most amazing bone broth. It is so gelatinous when it's cold, which is the most amazing, uh, way. Like you want it to be like that. If you get bone broth, any kind of broth, and when it's in the fridge, it is not, Gelatinous, which means it doesn't have a lot of gelatin in it. If it's not, then it's not a very good form of bone broth. You need it to be have that gelatinous consistency when it's cold, because that tells you that it's got all the the gelatin, the collagen in there. That's what you want in your bone broth. So I actually took a picture of it, or a little video, or boomerang, or something, and put it on my Instagram. And I had several people, con- several people contact me and say. How can you drink that? Like I don't think I could drink bone broth if it's like that. That's only the consistency when it's cold. So it's like it works like jello. So gelatin is what gives jello the jello form, you know. So but of course you has to set in the fridge before it gets that that before it sets up like that. And that's from the gelatin. It's the same thing in the bone broth. So when you heat it, it's completely liquid and it's like any broth. But if you put it in the refrigerator, because of the level of gelatin in the broth, it will kind of get that gelatinous look to it. But don't worry. It's not like that when you're drinking it. So, okay. I think that I've kind of beat number two to death.
0: (laughs) All right. Uh, We're at question three. Can the keto diet help with my endometriosis?
1: Yes. Yes. So um, actually, this was a question that I've had a few times, and I just recently got that question again today or yesterday, and I thought, okay, I'm going to talk about this today. And so you may be thinking, like, what does this have to do with gut health? Like, why would we even be talking about endometriosis? Well, actually, they're extremely connected. Um, endometriosis and gut health are super related. So um I, you know, I'm not going to go over exactly what endometriosis is. I mean, if you, if, if you're a woman, I'm sure you've heard of it. Many of us, uh, have had issues with endometriosis, you know, it's a pelvic pain. Um, it can cause painful bowel movements, painful urination, painful intercourse. It can cause infertility, um, pelvic pain during menstruation, there's a whole there's all kinds of different things. Most of the time to treat endometriosis, you're going to be on medication. They give you a medication for it, and then um, surgery. They will typically go in and do a surgery to help to uh, remove the growth of the endometrial tissue um, that that has grown, it's supposed to be in the inside of the uterus and it grows outside of the uterus and it causes, Um, it causes a lot of pain and a lot of issues. So one of the major causes of this is excess, um, uh, is excess estrogen. So, sorry, (laughs) I'm starting to get late. So, um, actually, endometriosis is an autoimmune disease, and autoimmune diseases occur when we get leaky gut, which we've talked a little bit about this in the past, but leaky gut is caused by inflammation, and what causes inflammation? Well, like we've talked about before, high intake of carbohydrates, so lots of grains, sugar just high carbs in our diet causes inflammation. Most of us are dealing with inflammation, especially if you're on the standard American diet. So um, when we eat like that, our guts get inflamed, we get leaky gut. So not only are low-carb diets super effective in regulating hormone issues, which we've talked about before, I did an entire podcast episode, go back and listen to that one, on hormone health and why keto can help that and how high fat low carb diets are so good for hormone health so not only can it help that but it can help to reduce the inflammation which helps heal the leaky gut so um, when insulin spikes this can lead to low levels of an important protein known as the sex hormone binding binding globulin um, SHBG. So SHBG binds excess estrogen and testosterone in the blood, but when it's low, hormone levels increase. So insulin also increases the production of testosterone, which is then converted into even more estrogen by fat tissue, um, mostly in our midsections. So, and this is according to Dr. Um, Aurora. She's an MD. Um, So so anyway, as you can see, eating high-carb diets would be a double whammy to your system that could easily lead to endometriosis. So now you can see how endometriosis is directly linked to your gut because of leaky gut and and the autoimmune aspect of it. So the high-fat, low-carb, ketogenic way of eating is healing for reasons that we've already talked about, but we can also... Do the following to help naturally reverse the symptoms of endometriosis. So number one, make sure you're getting enough fiber. Eating fiber also helps to clear out excess estrogen um, as, as well as other helps your gut in other ways like we've talked about just here in this podcast a little bit earlier. Number two. In addition to foods that are high in fiber, it will support your liver, which also helps clear excess estrogen out of your system. So like cruciferous, why do I always have a problem with that word? Cruciferous veggies like kale, broccoli, cauliflower, we already talked about those. Those are great for liver support. Um, Those help your liver to detox naturally. Number three, increase omega-3 fatty acid consumption to decrease inflammation. So we talked about this, I think, two episodes ago. We talked about omega-3 intake and why you need to increase those fatty acids and why that's so good for you and why that helps to decrease inflammation. So that's a big one. Um, Number four, make sure you're getting high-quality, pasture-raised organic meats. This is a big one, guys. You want to stay away from these uh, factory farmed, full of antibiotics, meats, and animal products. So eggs, dairy, um, the, the meat, any of it. Um, thinking that it's not that big of a deal is a mistake. It is a big deal. So um, definitely, if you are going to, to focus on anything with with your diet, and your lifestyle. Focus on the quality of foods that you're eating. Um, Really stay away from from those factory farmed animals and, um, and animal products. Number five, reduce your exposure to BPA and other endocrine disruptors. Um, so BPA is found in plastics and you want to watch out for endocrine disruptors in your, um, fragrances and your face washes and your makeups. I talked about that in the skin health issue, um, a few podcasts ago talking about all of the, the reasons and that you want to avoid those chemicals and what chemicals to avoid and the products that you can use instead that don't have those endocrine disrupting qualities to them. And then the sixth reason I have is avoid soy entirely. We have talked about that. Um I oh man, I cringe every time I see or hear someone talking about um you know, making something with tofu. I know it's um, such a. I I think it's. I feel like anyway, it's kind of falling away, and there's not as many people kind of sucked into the whole like tofu and edamame, and this is you know such these health foods. Um, but but I still see it out there from time to time, and especially when I see a woman talking about eating tofu or edamame or any of these soy products it kind of breaks my heart a little because i just think that they they just if they understood and they knew what it was doing to their endocrine system and the problems that soy can cause for people i you know i would like to think that they would not be having those things but um all you can do is try to keep educating because i you know, you just can't go out there and say, "Hey, stop doing that! You're doing this wrong, or whatever." But, um, so anyway, so um, definitely just stay away from soy.
0: Well, it looks like that wraps up uh, today's episode. Uh, do you got anything else you want to share with all your listeners?
1: Yeah, that's all the questions for today. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to do a uh, a review real quick. Because I think I'm, I haven't been doing them on all of the shows, and I apologize. Sometimes I just forget about that, uh, about doing them. But uh, I got a, review, a few reviews on iTunes um, recently, which I, I just really appreciate that, guys. If you have time and you're enjoying the show, um, please go to iTunes um, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. But iTunes is great. It helps the ranking of the show. It helps other people be able to find it the more re- five-star reviews that it gets. Um, but if you can go to iTunes and leave a review, that would be incredible. But uh, recently I got one from Ethan Dude, and the title is One of My Faves, the five star review. And Ethan Dude says, This has been one of my favorite podcasts recently. I love how Jessica shares so much information, but in a way that is easy to understand. I appreciate that she shares personally how she lives the ketogenic lifestyle, it makes it seem easier to actually apply it to my own life. I feel like I've learned so much already, and I'm looking forward to future episodes. Thank you so much, Ethan Dude. I really appreciate that review, and I just appreciate knowing um, what I'm doing that's working for you. That's the kind of feedback that I need. I appreciate it. So guys, if you want to reach out to me um, and get get a hold of me for any reason, I do... Um, nutritional coaching one-on-one you don't have to be in my city to do that I don't actually meet with anyone in person it's all done over Skype or over the phone um, and through emails so if you want to go to my website you can kind of learn a little bit more about some of the services that I offer and you can find me at jessicatai.com. that's www.jessicatai.com. that's pretty easy um, you can also go to thatketoblonde.com, and that will redirect you. Uh, blonde is my Instagram handle. So if you're looking for me on Instagram, um, I post some personal things here and there, just you know, pictures uh, sometimes of our life, um, pictures of food and uh, recipes or products I love, just kind of a variety of things. Um, and that on Instagram, it's at thatketoblonde. And then you can send me an email directly. It's jessica at jessicatye.com. Again, that's jessica at jessicatye.com. And I am on Facebook. Um, I have a, a nutrition page on Facebook that you can follow. And that, again, I post recipes and um, deals that, on products that are coming out. Uh, you know, like coupon codes that you can use and things like that. Or I'll post videos of things that I'm making and whatever. And I will put the recipe to those uh, those pork ribs that I made in my Instapot on there um, probably today since the podcast will release um, today is Tuesday uh, September 26th. So it will release today. So I will put that out there. But you can find me on um, Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash Jessica Thai Nutrition. Um, again, that is Jessica Tie Nutrition. And that's where you can follow me on there and kind of keep up with me that way. So thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. And keep those questions coming. Let me know what you want to hear in the upcoming episodes. I've got a couple of interviews lined up that I'm looking forward to. I think you guys will enjoy And um, I look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks, guys.
0: This episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast is brought to you by Peely Nuts. The Peely Nut is a rich, buttery tree nut wild harvested from deep in the Filipino rainforest. The taste is like no other in the world, often approximated as a combination between a macadamia nut and a cashew, but with a stronger, more tender flavor. You've heard about it on the podcast here It is basically like the perfect keto snack, uh, rich, buttery flavor, uh, all the macros you want, and uh, very easy to uh, obtain. Just go to eatpeelynuts.com, and if you want 10% off of your order, just enter in the code Jessica before you check out. That's J E S S I C A T Y E. Go to www.eatpeelynuts. That's E A T P I L. I-N-U-T-S dot com. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Keto Lifestyle Podcast. We hope that you enjoyed what we shared with you today and are looking forward to the next episode.